You're tuned to your local station, 590 AM, 101.1 FM, WMBS, Uniontown. Eastern Standard Time is 8.30. Temperature now 38 degrees, a mix of sun and clouds, and we'll have that mixture all day long. Expecting a high today of 58 degrees. Could be breezy at times, gusts up to 15 miles an hour. We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sings. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. I want you to stay tuned today. We're going to be talking about making choices. A lot of people make choices in their life, and some choices are good and some are bad. And the bad choices usually give them a lot of trouble later on. We're going to talk about a few stories in the Bible where that happens. So stay tuned. passage of scripture it's found here in the book of joshua the 24th chapter and verse 14 we hear it quoted a lot i want you to think about it today so now therefore fear the lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth in the new testament he said in spirit and in truth but here he said in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers have served on the other side of the flood and in egypt and serve ye the lord then he challenges the people of Israel here in verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whom land in whom whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Uh, we're going to be talking about the choices that people make. And they was challenged here by Joshua because, after all, uh, they had come into the promised land. What are they going to do? And many people that have come to the knowledge of the truth and come into the church down through the years, at some point in their life, made a decision, and this decision was to go after things in the world. Even in the days of the apostles, the apostle Paul mentioned one particular uh, man that he names him. He said in Second Timothy 4 and 10, he said, Demas has forsaken me, loving this present world. So Demas had come to a decision in his life. He had made a decision. He had chose the world over 
the blessings of God that he would have inherited if he would have served God. Before we get into some of these stories, I would like to hear a song here from Brother Lawhorn, and he asked the question, what's wrong with living right? Evil on every hand Brother against brother Violence fills our land People hating one another They're groping in the night I'd like to present what's wrong with living right. What's wrong with living right? Can strange living the way I do different to say the least out of step oh how true I'd like to present what's wrong with living right. What's wrong with living right? Can't anybody tell me I'm doing what I know to do. I'm serving Jesus.
You know, I think about that song. I said, can anybody tell me what's wrong with living right? I think about Jesus Christ himself. The Bible said he went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed by the devil. I think about all the diseases that's in the world today and all the sickness. And to think that there was somebody in the land that had the ability to go around and heal all manner of diseases and deliver people. People that couldn't walk was able to get up and walk. People that couldn't see got their sight back. People that couldn't hear, then they could hear after Jesus came into their life and healed them. And some couldn't talk, they was able to talk after that. And whatever the disease was, a woman with an issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. After she had spent so much money in doctors of that day, and here was a fellow that came along called Jesus Christ who was able to heal her just from a touch. She just touched the hem of his garment. You would have thought at that time, now today, if an individual comes along and claims that they have a cure for any particular type of disease, why well, they they get praise, and then the next thing you know, to get that cure, it's going to cost you an awful lot of money. Jesus went about having compassion on multitudes of people. Not only did he heal them, but he actually fed them. And we see a couple stories in the Bible where he fed 5,000, other time 4,000. With just a little bit of uh, material, he was able to feed that many people. And a miracle worker like that, you would have thought they would have been, uh, you know, the religious people, the educated people, uh, the people that was in authority, they would have been after him because here somebody is doing something that is helping people. Not only did he heal people, but he actually raised people from the dead. And I don't find that today. Even with all of our modern medicines and everything else, people are still dying of cancer. People are still dying of heart trouble, uh, all manner of diseases, and they take the treatment, they go to the doctor, they take the pills, they do everything that they're told, and yet, how many times do you hear of anybody being cured, actually being cured? And yet, they hated Jesus because the Bible said this, that they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. I think about also the hour that we're living in, I find religion, or I'll, I'll say Christianity, true Christianity, being mocked and made fun of by politicians and uh, by people in authority. And they don't want to hear nothing about that. If a man tries to raise his family according to the word of God, then uh, they come against him for that. Uh, he and his wife, because uh, after all, you, you're supposed to raise your children according to whatever they tell you. And all of a sudden, we're living in an atmosphere and in a world of tolerance. Oh, they, that's what they say. They can tolerate every ungodly thing. They can tolerate homosexuality. They can tolerate all these uh, abortions and all the things that's going on. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to tolerate that, and you have to accept that, according to them. On the other hand, somebody tries to keep his uh, life straight and his family straight, take him to church, 
uh, and teach them to do the right thing and teach them that there's certain things that God uh, calls an abomination and you don't want no part of that. Teach them not to steal and uh, uh, kill and do all those things. And, uh, you know, you try to teach your family to have respect for those that are in authority and respect the parents and things like that. Respect the church, the word of God. And they feel like that you're doing something terrible to your family if you do that. And I I can see that things have really got turned around in this whole world. And I think about how the enemy comes along so smoothly and perverts things. In the third chapter of the book of Genesis, we know that God had uh, told Adam and Eve they could have, you know, the fruit of every tree in the garden, all that. That was okay, except that one tree. Don't you bother that. And yet... All the other, that wasn't sufficient. The enemy comes along, lies to Eve, and convinces her that uh, it'll be all right. You won't surely die if you eat of that tree. And she uh, began to look at that, think about it. And that happens to so many people that maybe started out with God. The enemy comes and tries to entice them with something that the world has to offer. And uh, pretty soon they're looking at it. Pretty soon they're tempted. And if they don't keep their mind on God and choose to serve God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, they're going to go astray. And we find here in the third chapter of Genesis, uh, Eve. Let's look at her for just a moment. In verse 6 it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. They made a choice that day. That choice, whether they realized at the moment or not, brought death upon the whole human family. And from that time on, God had to do something to bring us back to a chance of eternal life, and that was blood had to be shed. And a a plan of redemption, he himself finally came to earth and wrapped himself in flesh. It says in Hebrews 2 and verse 14, as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he, that's God, also likewise took part of the same, that through death, He could destroy him that had the power over death, that is to say the devil. So uh, he had to come and pay that terrible, terrible penalty that he paid at Calvary and at his trial, the mocking, the beatings, uh, having his flesh ripped, the stripes that he received was so that we could have healing today. And he died that we might have salvation because they made a choice back there and the choice was a bad choice. We find later on in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis, there was the two brothers, Cain and Abel. Abel made the right choice. He chose to bring what God wanted. He brought from the flock and in other words, blood was shed, and he made his offer to God, and his offering was accepted, and uh, in other words, his sin was taken care of. Cain, he made another choice. He didn't want to do that. So he brought uh, the fruit of the ground and brought from the earth, and uh, that's a great revelation of that whenever you dig into that. But anyway, he did not do what Abel did, and he was not accepted. Well, you would have thought that Cain would have went to Abel and said, Hey, Abel, uh, you was accepted. I wasn't. 
Now, what did I do wrong? What did you do different than I did? You'd have thought that if he wanted really to get accepted, go get this thing, get it straightened out, find out what he's doing wrong. But he didn't. We read in the Word of God where in the fourth chapter he rose up again, his brother, and uh, verse 8 of the fourth chapter said, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass while they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and uh, slew him. He was so aggravated, just like they did with Jesus, instead of flocking to Jesus and saying, hey, you have something that we all need. And you'd have thought the rulers and the, the priesthood at that time, and those that was in authority and everything would have flocked to him and uh, because recognized the good that he was doing. Well, what did they do? They killed him. They killed Jesus. What did uh, Cain do here? He killed his brother Abel. And on and on through the Word of God, there's story after story of people that made choices. In the 13th chapter of the book of Genesis, here's a man that made a choice, and it brought a lot of trouble later in life to him. And it was Lot. Abraham and Lot was working together for a while. Then there come, you know, jealousy with the herdsmen, the trouble between the herdsmen. And uh, so... Abraham said, look, we don't want this. He said, I'll tell you what, you make the choice. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And uh, we'll just split up here so there'll be no trouble. And you make the choice. Well, Lot looked around and made a choice. And he looked toward Sodom. And actually, when you think about it, he made a choice. It might be an easier life down there in Sodom. Things might be a little better, might be easier. I might make more money down there with my uh, herds and flocks and things like that. Uh, he was making a choice in his mind. Regardless of what he thought, he made a choice, and he chose to go to Sodom. And then later, when you read the Word of God, look what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. And look what was going on down in Sodom that he had to put up with. And the Bible says that in the New Testament that the filthy communication of the wicked vexed his righteous soul. So he had to put up with all that because he made a choice one day to take that route. And many times we make choices in our life, and those choices end up giving us a lot of aggravation, a lot of trouble later on. And it sure brought a lot of trouble upon Lot and his household because, you know, the rest of the story, when he went to leave, he went to talk to his son-in-laws. The angels had come down and warned them they got to get out of there. God was going to destroy that place. And we find out that his son-in-laws just more or less mocked him. They, they just didn't think there was any truth to that. And they didn't accept that. And finally, when he left, he left with two daughters that were still at home and his wife, four of them, left and uh, begin to leave Sodom, and God was going to pour out his wrath upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, the commandment also was, don't look back. Just keep going. Don't look back. And uh, But we also read then, Lot's wife made a choice. She chose to look back. And look what happened to her. She turned to a pillar of salt. And she did not get to continue with her daughters and with her husband. And uh, later on, his daughters made a choice. They thought that there would be nobody for them on the face of the earth and they would never have uh, a husband or anything like that. 
And uh, instead of trusting the same God that sent angels down there and brought them out and spared them, instead of trusting him, they made a choice. And when you read that story, uh, it didn't turn out too good either, the choice that they made to lay with their father, get him drunk, and uh, uh, it was not a good choice. And you keep coming through the Word of God, there's story after story after story where choices was made by different people. I go over to 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, and in 1 Samuel 15, we read the story where Saul was given a commandment. He was king of Israel. He was given a commandment by God through the prophet that he was go to uh, fight the Amalekites, and he was supposed to destroy them. And well, they got over there and they made some choices. They made some decisions. And God said everything was to be destroyed. In other words, don't bring anything back and uh, of them. And uh, they got over there and they got looking around. So the next thing you know, they fought the battle. They brought back the king, which they should have brought back. Then they brought back some cattle and, and stuff like that. And uh, then when Samuel came to Saul, he said, Saul, you know, you've disobeyed God. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. He said, oh, yeah, I obeyed God. I, I, I obeyed him. And Samuel said, no, you didn't. You did not obey. And a lot of times people get that in their head, even whenever they're not obeying God, they somehow are able to figure out some way, twist the word of God a little bit, and uh, justify themselves whenever that they have not really obeyed the gospel and, and done what God told them to do. And in the 15th chapter here, the book of 1 Samuel, I'd like to read just a few statements here. And uh, he said, uh, Samuel, in verse 17 of the 15th chapter, if you want to read it, 1 Samuel. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? He's talking to Saul. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Lord, um, and have done, uh, gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought back Agag, the king of, the, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Then he realizes he's in a little trouble, and look at the excuse now. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto Lord thy God in Gilgal. And he said, uh, yeah, I know that stuff was wrong. I know it was supposed to be destroyed, but the people, they, they did it, and they brought it back. And they, but now they're going to sacrifice that to God. In this day and time, here's some of the things that I see going on, and uh, uh, people get a little upset with me, but here comes Halloween, or here comes Christmas, or any of these other holidays. Nobody has bothered to see where those days came from, where did they originate, and somehow they have tried to turn around and make it a religious day by saying, well, Christmas, that's the birth of Jesus. Was it really the birth of Jesus? Did anybody check it out? Halloween, what's that all about? Now we see the churches having a day, they call it 
uh, trunk or treat, I think that's what they call it. And uh, they're able to incorporate all the stuff, just like Saul said the people brought this stuff. Yeah, it was supposed to be destroyed. I understand it. it was wrong. But on the other hand, we're going to make it right because we're going to make an offering unto the Lord. I've heard people say, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give a... Uh, 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 my ties to the church. I'm going to help the church if I win the lottery. Well, God don't want that. He don't want you playing the lottery. And uh, he does not want the money. He don't need it. And I've had people say that to me. And I say, no. I say, that's all right. If you hit the lottery, I don't want it. God don't want it. And I don't want it. They get a little upset with me. But uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills that the cattle are upon. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof. He don't need that. And you cannot mix the world, bring it in some way, and try to make uh, take something that is wrong. And, uh, well, if I do this, I'll, I'll make it right. Another brother said to me one time, he said, Now, at Christmas time, what do I do? He said, Now, I, 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 if I spend $50 uh, on Christmas... This was many years ago. He said this to me. He said, I put $50 in the church. And uh, that almost sounds to me like he's saying, you know, if you know how to approach God, you can actually buy God off. <laughs> and uh, that's the way it almost sounds to me. And no, that's not it. People make choices in their life. And if you're going to choose to serve God, then serve him with all of your heart, with all of your might and all of your strength. And uh, if you're going to not serve God, then one writer said something like this, eat, drink, be merry, because tomorrow you may die. And I heard this expression when I was down in Florida recently, and I liked it. And uh, a certain one told me that if you're saved, this is the worst that you'll ever go through. If you're truly saved, if you have repented of your sins, been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, been filled with his precious Holy Ghost, spoken in tongues as the Spirit of God has given the utterance, and live in a holy life, and you're saved. You're saved. You're going to have peace with God. You have an inheritance coming, and you have wonderful things coming. So the life that you live here, whatever you go through here on earth, if you're mocked, made fun of, put down because you go to church, whatever you go through, he said, um, it's through great tribulations you enter into the kingdom. Then that's the worst that you'll ever have. Think about it. Because what you have coming is glorious. On the other hand, if you're not saved, whatever you do in this world, Whatever you go through, that's the best that you'll ever have. Because what you've got to face is going to be a terrible, terrible punishment and judgment one of these days if you're not saved. So, no, you know, the writer said, eat, drink, may bury. For tomorrow you may die. Get as much of it as you can if you don't want God. Because this is the best you're ever going to have. But you've got some terrible things to face at the judgment. So, think about these things and make the right choice. So many people have made different choices in their life, and the choice wasn't good. And my question is, just like the song, my question today is, what's wrong with living right? What's wrong with helping your neighbor? What's wrong with not lying or not coveting anything that your neighbor has, or you won't steal from them, you do the right thing, you want to help people? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with living right? That's a pretty good question. And I'll tell you one thing. 
I don't want to make a choice like some people through the Word of God. And I just hit on a few little places. There's so much in the Word of God about people that has made the wrong choice and people that has made the right choice and the difference. And if you really want to read something, read the 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy and look at the mountain of blessing, the mountain of cursing, and you make a choice. What do you want in life? And what do you want for eternity? That is something you need to think about. I see your time is going again as it goes so quickly. We'll see you next week, same time, same station, with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And you have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday at this same time here on WMBS.